Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, welcome into the Hoist the Colors podcast on this Friday afternoon. I'm Stephen Igo, the host of the podcast, publisher of hoistthecolors.net. I'm joined by Macy O'Donnell, former ECU student athlete, former football player with the Pirates. Macy O, we have crossed over onto the defensive side of the ball, and I know you wore a lot of hats during your time at ECU, but uh, the, I don't think you ever wore a defensive hat. So is this a, uh, a new, little bit of a new territory for you? Yeah, a little bit. You know, we don't we don't usually like the defensive guys too much, uh, except on game days. But, you know, still got some great players over there to talk about. No doubt. It should be a fun. And I, I'm honestly excited about this defense and we'll get get into it. Why? Uh, as we go through each of these previews today, we're doing the defensive line, which is probably the most experienced and the unit you feel the most good about considering what's returning, how many guys have played and we'll We'll get into that conversation here in a moment. By the way, we are live on Facebook, live on YouTube, Twitter as well. Drop your questions, comments. We got us. We got several questions to get to already. Thanks for the Hoist of Colors message board and one particular poster. And uh, looking forward to uh, to our show today as we continue to roll on with Maceo. But first off, I wanted to touch Maceo on some big news. Rajay Harris tweeting out last night or yesterday evening that he has been fully cleared following his ACL surgery and rehab. It's been about nine months, a little over nine months, so he's right on target. But I know as a, a good friend and a former teammate of yours, you are uh, you were very happy to see that. Yeah, definitely. You know, I think everyone, you know, a lot of the players and fans are happy to see Rajay back out there. You know, he's definitely a big part of the team, definitely a big leader as well. So we're just happy he's healthy, and hopefully we get to see that same old Rajay we've seen the last few years. Yeah, really looking forward to seeing that first day of camp, how he looks cutting, especially once they put on the pads and kind of seeing where his knee is. But, man, he, you know, talking to him the last week or so, I know he's fired up and he's put in a ton of work to get back to this point. So really happy for Rajay and uh, also, you know, just excited for the upcoming season. Of course, we've already done our running backs preview. We touched on all that a few weeks ago. If you missed it, go check it out on the Hoist of Colors podcast archive. So, Maceo, this defensive line, man, this is a uh, – a unit that was really the backbone of the the defense last year, especially in the running game. And you looked up the numbers just as we were going on on the air. What top twenty in run defense last year? Is that right? Yeah, we were we ranked nineteenth last year. And you know, like you said, we do have a lot of experienced players up there and guys that have kind of really grown up and got some playing time as freshmen and sophomore. So um, a lot of those guys back. We did lose a, a few key pieces, but definitely, I I expect the same thing. 
Yeah, we'll get into to some of the personnel. And so what we're doing is, and ECU's defensive scheme under Blake Carroll is so multiple that you can really, you know, you can look at the defensive front as four positions. You can look at it as three positions. And really it's kind of three, but they bring down the outside linebacker and play that guy on the edge. So we're going to look at all four positions. We're going to count the rush outside linebacker position as the defensive front today. So this is basically our defensive front preview. We'll get into the inside linebackers in our next preview, but we're going to include guys like Jeremy Lewis, Jack Powers, et cetera, in this preview. So we'll go kind of interior and work our way out to the edge, and we'll get into what some of those different positions do and and utilize. But uh, the defensive tackle room is where we will start, and this is a room that is coached by Roy Tesh. He has been on Mike Houston's staff for years. Uh, he has coached just about every position under Mike Houston, uh, dating back to his time at Brevard College, to the to Lenore Ryan, to the Citadel. So he kind of knows it all. But he has really found a home with this defensive line room. And Maceo, these guys have kind of grown together. You look yeah. at this list of players. I mean, all these guys have been in the program now. They all kind of came in at the same time. Uh, and I'll just run through some of the names. We can talk about each of them a little bit. But Elijah Morris, Deontay Johnson, Sarad Ware, Jason Shuford, Xavier McIver, those mm-hmm. those five guys all came in the same recruiting class. Yep. And so, I, I don't know, like, as a former teammate of those guys, and we'll get into what they kind of do each in a minute, but do you notice them having even maybe a stronger bond than, than others? I mean, if you're in the same class and the same position room, you kind of have to have that bond, right? Yeah, those guys are super close. And if you just hang around the facilities and everything, you know, those guys are always together, Um, you know, weekends, workouts, everything. They're always together, having fun, laughing. And, you know, I think that really contributes on the field as well. Um, Like you said, Eli, Xavier McIver, Deontay, um, they all came in the same class. Even Shuford um, was with them as well. Um, So those guys are pretty close and you can definitely see it on the field. All right, so I, I'm not inside the locker room, but Deontay Johnson to me seems to have one of the best personalities of yeah. anybody. Like, <laughs> what what is this guy like as a teammate? Yeah, he's great, and you know he's very physical and aggressive out there on the field. But he's the exact opposite off the field. Um, probably one of the most playful, fun guys I know. I actually texted him earlier to get a little bit of info on the new guys and everything, and he was joking me then. So you know he's definitely one of those guys that has stepped up and kind of you know, positioned himself to have a larger role this year in the past few years. So he, I would say he's probably definitely one of the leaders of the group, but yeah, definitely a great personality. Yeah. But there, there's a good video of him at the baseball game where he's cheering <laughs> on Cam Clonch yeah. and hitting a homer and, and predicting it. Basically that was uh, yeah. an awesome moment, but he just seems like a really fun guy. So, you know, we, we've had the chance to interview him a few times this spring and really enjoyed getting to know him. And uh, I think he's going to play a lot this year. You know, he was basically the number one nose tackle in the spring. And he started last year as a starter, got hurt in that NC State game, mm-hmm. came back late in the year, played well. So uh, looking for big things out of Deontay. And when I look at this position group, uh, Maceo, I, I kind of see Elijah and Deontay as the top two guys as far as the interior. Do you kind of agree with that? Yeah, I'd say so. Um, you know, they rotate a lot as well in the D-line, but definitely those two guys are, you know, they have some experience, very strong guys, even quick on their feet for being their size as well. Um, so they do uh, get a lot of penetration on the offensive line and kind of make things messy for the offense. So Elijah Morris last year led the defensive fronts outside of the uh, the outside linebackers, but as far as the down defensive lineman and snaps, we were looking over this number earlier. He played 500 snaps last year in 13 games. So uh, I t- this guy is just uh, pretty amazing, Maceo, the yeah. fact that you come in as a as a walk-on, walk-on. And not only is he playing, but he was starting from like 
game two or game three yeah. from his true freshman year, man. That was crazy. Yeah. yeah, I definitely remember that. And I didn't even know he didn't have a scholarship, um, honestly. And they gave him the scholarship. I was like, I thought this guy was already on scholarship. <laughs> but like you said, uh, he came out of the gate kind of playing. And, you know, the coach is trusting him and trusting his ability and what he can do. Um, but that's just his work ethic and the type of guy he is. And he seems, you know, and he may be playful as, as well, but he seems a little bit more serious tone. Like, I don't know. Does he does he kind of have that serious mindset on and off the field more so than maybe Tay? Yeah, Tay's just different in general. Yeah. Uh, Tay's just, a, you know, a great personality. All those guys, like I said, are really close, joking each other all day long, literally uh, joking the older guys, even some of us. So um, I would definitely say they're pretty close. And, you know, they can be serious, but also not have some fun as well. So Elijah Morris, Deontay Johnson, again, Deontay last year, 278 snaps in 10 games, but he was, you know, he missed a couple games. He was limited and, uh, you know, I expect him to play an even bigger role this year. I think you'll see Deontay more at the nose tackle position. I think you'll see Elijah more kind of, you know, over the guard at the defensive tackle spot. And then again, they rotate, they they line up different places. They move yeah. before the snap. This is a, uh, it's a very complex defense. It's not as simple as it as it looks, Maceo, like when y'all are trying to prepare, and I know maybe you, you saw more of this when you were at running back, but that last minute shifting by the defensive front, how much does that change things for the offense when they're out there shifting, moving at the last minute? Yeah, it was definitely a, an adjustment to get used to. Um, previously, we had a different defensive coordinator, and they started off um, kind of doing that, and it was definitely an adjustment for me. I wasn't playing too much running back then, so I didn't really have to worry about it too much, but I just keep thinking about um, COVID year, in our first game against UCF and we started off with like four false starts by UCF. And yeah. it was just crazy. Cause I was like, I didn't think it, you know, had that big of an impact. Um, but definitely our defense is very complex and very complicated at points. And, you know, it can be hard to kind of dissect us, especially up front. I remember that as well. I think it was like first and 30. The sad thing is yeah. they still ended <laughs> they up got converting. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did convert on that. Yeah, they did. That was a uh, that was a nasty UCF team, so yeah. uh, no no shame there. And it was Blake Carroll's first year, but hey, uh, that that was crazy. Yeah, opening the year with four straight false starts that was something yeah. else. Yeah. Um, the rest of this D tackle room, you know, we mentioned Elijah Deontay behind behind them. You still got a ton of bodies. Sarad Ware is a guy that has played a ton of football. Jason Shuford is just a a huge human being. Uh, Xavier McIver's played a lot, and then last year he he basically redshirted, I think, to kind of try and separate some of this class because they all came in at the same time. So yeah. uh, J.D. Lampley played a lot last year as a true freshman. Then you have redshirt freshman C.J. Mims. So mm -hmm. ton of depth here. Does anybody else stand out, or is it more of a you know strength in numbers with this position group? Yeah, you know, like the Golden State Warriors, just strength in numbers with those guys. Um, you know, like you, like you said, Xavier is another guy who's played a lot of snaps and, you know, maybe took a, a backseat this past year just because we we're so deep. Um, but we did lose, you know, older Mims, Chandra Mims, and also Rick DeBrew this year. So I definitely see guys having to step up and fill some of those roles as well. Um, you know, J.D. did play a lot as well as a true freshman. So, I mean, it's never a bad thing to have too much. You'd rather have too much than too little. Yeah, D line, man. You you just you can never have enough quality linemen. I mean, I wish I felt as good about the O line right now as I do the D line, yeah. and those guys can get there. But I just feel great about the two deep as we run through this position group. D tackle wise, like I feel like the run defense is going to be there, Messio. For me, I want to mm -hmm. see in in some of this scheme. I think more so than personnel. You know, they line up tight a lot because they're trying to stop the run. 
Uh, but I would like to see more pass rush, and especially on the edge, which we'll talk about here in a minute. But the, you know, what do you feel like is kind of the next step for this group that we've seen do a very solid job and maybe even have a chance now to take this defense to the next level? Yeah, definitely. I mean, a combination of everything, you know, it's not, you know, I don't know what we rank in pass defense, but I don't, I'm sure it's not as high as our run defense. And, you know, it kind of goes hand in hand as well. And, you know, we have we do a really good job of stopping the run, but we could use some more pass rush also, um, which is a little bit of scheme um, and also not having the quarterback sitting back there by himself all day. Um, so, you know, it, it goes hand in hand. And I definitely see us, you know, improving in those areas, which we try to do each and every year. No doubt. Last year, Elijah Morris ranked second on the defense in quarterback pressures, according to Pro Football Focus, with 20. And uh, the guy who led that uh, led in that category played on the edge, which we'll talk about here in a second as well. Something I want to mention, you mentioned, you know, Sandre Mims moving on, Rick DeBrew, those guys played some D-tackle. Uh, Emmanuel Hickman moving on from yep. defensive end. He transferred to USF. DeBrew transferred to TCU, of course, Sandre Mims ended up uh, graduating using up his eligibility his younger brother mm -hmm. cj still in the program so uh, i look at this d tackle room i think they're six seven deep and I, yeah. I honestly expect six five six guys to play on game day what do you think as far as the interior d-line yeah i think definitely all those guys would probably see significant playing time at some point this year um you know just in general we rotate a lot you know depending on first down second down you know third and long um, they rotate a lot and, and have subs. So definitely those guys will all get some time. You know, I definitely, you know, if I had to guess, I would see Tay and Eli getting the, those first couple of snaps. Um, but we're we're pretty deep in that area, and I expect all of those guys to play. Yeah, and you got kind of different body types too mm -hmm. with Deontay, Jason Shuford, Xavier McIver, all yeah. a little bigger. You know, Eli, I, you know, Eli's played even on the edge some, at DN mm -hmm. in certain packages. Sarad Ware's kind of built similarly to him, so you can kind of, mix and match based on uh, situation. So, again, really like this room, really think it's going to be a strength. And, uh, you know, going forward for this program, all these guys have multiple years of eligibility remaining, so we'll see how that plays out as well. All right, we're going to get back to the D-tackles because we got questions about them here <laughs> in a little bit. But uh, let's move to the edge room, and this is a, a position room that basically consi consists of the, the defensive end who plays with their their hand in the, hand in the dirt, you also have the outside linebackers, which is where you see Jeremy Lewis, Jack Powers there kind of standing up on the edge. They can drop into coverage. They can rush the passer. They do a lot. Uh, we'll start with the defensive ends, and this is where I would expect Chad Stevens to be your starter. Yeah. Maceo, especially with Manny Hickman moving on. I thought Chad, uh, you know, he played, I know, through some pain last year and just had a real breakout year um, as a guy who had been in the program a while. How good was it to see Chad kind of have a, a really good year? You know, it was definitely great to see it. It almost kind of surprised you kind of seeing him out there and, um, you know, then making some plays as well. And I think he almost played 500 snaps also. So, um, you know, he hasn't played, you know, every year, but this last year was definitely a, a good, some good experience for him as well. Um, you know, very strong guy, makes a lot of tackles in the open field as well and can kind of push a defense back also. So I definitely see him, you know, doing the same things as last year. And I know he's very hungry for that. Yeah, I, I expect Chad to, to have a really good year. Like you said, almost 500 snaps last year. Basically, I know Manny Hickman was banged up at times, but by the end of the year, Chad was kind of your starter. Uh, Manny, you know, electing to move on. And so I feel good about Chad. My question is, how does the depth look behind him with this position room, especially with Manny transferring out? Uh, 
we mentioned it earlier. I think J.D. Lampley spent some time in the spring playing on the edge at defensive end, which was an interesting look. And honestly, he's kind of long and, and fast. Yeah. I, I kind of like that. Um, and, and we talked about so much depth at defensive tackle. You kind of have to, if you want to get all those guys on the field, you got to move them around. So what do you think mm -hmm. about J.D. potentially playing some defensive end? Yeah, well, he definitely can do it. And, you know, he was a young player, but he made a lot of plays for us last year. And he's very aggressive, very strong guy. And even like you said, light on his feet and fast. And I think he can kind of get on that edge as well. Um, but it's definitely a good thing to have a lot of guys that can do a lot of different things. Um, even, you know, Sue can do a lot of that stuff a lot of the same things even jeremy lewis probably can do some of those things as well um even though he's on the opposite side usually um but i definitely see chad probably being that starter for them and definitely jd probably doing a dual role of playing the inside and probably outside and then the depth behind them a couple names here that are interesting you know eric doctor jr who's been great on special teams in the past he kind of moved from outside linebacker to defensive end in the spring Josiah Robinson, I continue to hear great things about this yeah. guy, former Michigan State transfer. He just hasn't been able to stay healthy. Mm -hmm. And then Preston Carr, walk-on second-year player who's got some potential. So uh, among the depth there, you, you know, I think there's some breakout potential with some of these guys. What do you think about that? Yeah, I definitely think Jr. could have a really good year if he stays healthy. Like you said, he's a Michigan State transfer, and you know he's been with us for a few years. And even last year, um, I think he got hurt pretty early in the season but he was out there and playing and the coaches trusted him to go out there and do his job. So I definitely see if, if he's healthy, I definitely see Jr. being able to contribute a lot. Yeah. I think he went down the state game as well. That was yeah. a, uh, a tough game. It, it worries me going to Michigan that we could get some of those early <laughs> season injuries, man. Those, yeah. those early games are tough. Um, so hopefully guys can stay healthy this year. Hopefully Robinson has a healthy year. Cause I really think, I just think they got to get more explosive on the edge. And I think like guys like Josiah and, and some of these guys are about to talk about the outside linebacker position can help with that. All right, let's move to the outside linebackers and Jeremy Lewis back for, I believe this is year five. Yeah. Year five. At East Carolina. Yeah. So Jeremy Lewis uh, coming off off season surgery, didn't practice in the spring. So it'll be interesting to see, but honestly, I mean, he's played so much 711 snaps last year. Maceo, that is a uh, big workload. So he got the spring off to recover. He was the uh, second highest graded defensive player, I believe, last year on the front. Actually, the, the highest graded player on the defensive front, pro, pro football focus. Um, uh, by the way, do y'all, as, as players, what do y'all think of pro football focus? Is it BS? Do y'all look at it all? I mean, we look at it, but I think a lot of the guys who care about the stats think they miss a lot of the, uh, you know, some of the areas as well, too. Um, so, you know, we look at it, but we also look at the film more importantly. Yeah, I just feel like it's, uh, I don't know, some of it I think is good to, to utilize. And analytically, you know, as, as a guy who likes numbers uh, more so than just the traditional, hey, this guy has this many tackles, you know, yeah. you get a better feel for who's kind of more of a disruptive player more so than who's just getting the most tackles. But right. It does feel like some of the time it doesn't match up with what we see on game day. So uh, I, I utilize it, but also don't put 100% stock in it because I feel like they do miss some things, especially in the trenches. Uh, anyways, back on – I just wanted to get your take on that because it's, yeah. it's an interesting debate. But Jeremy Lewis, I think your best pass rusher, led the team in pressures last year, led the team in sacks as well. So uh, I think he's going to start at outside linebacker if healthy, which, you know, talking to him recently, I feel like he's healthy, ready to go. Your thoughts on what we can expect from Jeremy Lewis this year? 
Yeah, well, Jerm, like you said, is about to be a fifth year. So, you know, he's definitely experienced. And even before then, if you don't, people don't know, he played tight end. Um, so he definitely has a feel for the game and is very smart um, on a, from a defensive perspective and an offensive perspective as well. Um, like you said, Jerm is very, he's very physical and he's very fast and he might not be, you know, the, the size you want him to be, but he can definitely do the job. You know, he's a dog down there in the trenches. And I think it was a perfect fit moving him to that, you know, rush defensive end position. All right, so uh, does anybody – when I'm out of practice, Jeremy Lewis talks a lot. Uh, <laughs> does anybody talk more trash than Jeremy Lewis is the real no, question? No, <laughs> not a, not close. Maybe maybe X, Xavier yeah. Smith uh, did, but Jerm, you know, we uh, – my position group, tight ends and slot for most of the time, we were over there closer to the defense, and, you know, he just talked so much. Um, well, I have to tell you some stories off air, but, yeah, Jerm is definitely – talks he talks too much um, <laughs> but I love Jerm we were in the same room his first couple years um, in the tight end slot room so I definitely love Jerm and I'm glad he's having success that at Rush no doubt he is a really good really good guy local kid and uh, you know I always felt like when he was at tight end he, he did it for the team but like you could tell I don't want to say he had lost that fire but I think he just feels more natural in defense yeah. and I think once he got back there like it clicked right away and you could mm -hmm. see it so Year five, but going into year three on defense, so I feel like mm -hmm. he still has room to get better yeah. um, as a uh, as a defensive player. So behind Jeremy Lewis, I'll tell you what, a guy in the spring, Jack Powers, like I kind of, you know, I don't want to pigeonhole guys, but I kind of thought, all right, Jack Powers, like quality special teams guy, good backup. But like I watched him closely in the spring. He looked like a starter, and I think with yeah. Jeremy out, he got those number one reps. He was extremely disruptive uh, as a pass rusher, which, you know, I didn't exactly know he had that in him. So I think maybe it was a blessing in disguise. Jeremy missed some time. You got Jack more time. You got Samuel Danka, uh, Danka more time as well. Uh, young guy with some big upsides. So I, I like this three deep. I really I, I think this yeah. is a position that you're going to be able to play all three guys. Yeah, definitely. And and like you said, you know, Germ and, and Jack Powers are some older guys. So at points, they're going to need a little bit of rest and, you know, might deal with some things. And that's where you have Sam Donk at. And, you know, he's probably a 6'5". I don't know how much he weighs, but he definitely has a lot of upside. And I think if he just fills out that body, um, you know, in the future, I think he's going to be a real problem for some offenses. Um, but, yeah, definitely Germ and Jack. I think those are going to be the main guys starting. And, and Jack is one of those old heads who, you know, always does his job, always in the right spot. Um, and I definitely think this spring helped him out for sure. I think Jack may even be going into year six of college yeah, football. Yeah, so he is. Got some old, uh, got some old deep, <laughs> or outside linebackers, but uh, yeah. they uh, they played a lot of ball. They won't be surprised by anything. And yeah, I mean, I, I think upside wise, and I don't I don't know if if Donka has the uh, the weight on him yet to to go out there and play every down. But like when I just look at him, man, he looks like. A guy, if he adds 20, 30 pounds, he could be playing professionally one day. Now, a yeah. long way to go before that happens. But, like, just in terms of length, size, and speed, he's kind of how you would draw it up. So, um, I feel like they got to get more explosive. And let's get into this conversation. Like, I, I think Jeremy can be that. I think Powers, what I saw, can be that. But um, a little bit more pass rush this year, I feel like, could take the defense to the next level and help out that, that secondary. Because at times – you got to be able to obviously pressure the quarterback to help out your secondary and, and vice versa. You can get some coverage sacks too, but uh, I think that's an area they have to grow in this year. Maceo, just your thoughts on that. 
Yeah, definitely. And we all know our run defense is very is very good. Um, we could improve on our on our pass defense um, in our in our pass rush. Um, but definitely, I think these guys collectively can do that. We did lose some players, but I think the guys there um, can do that. And we just have to get them in some better positions to, you know, attack the quarterback, attack the, the backs that back there who's blocking for the quarterback. Um, but I think that's definitely an area we can improve on. And I know at some points last year we got um, toasted in the secondary a little bit, but, you know, those guys can't guard forever. Um, so we definitely need some help up front. I think Germ and I think Sam Donka, if he can, you know, put it together, he's still a young player, but I think he can really, really help our defense and kind of give a little bit of, you know, that length and size that we don't typically have up front. Um, we do have a lot of great players, but, you know, they are undersized at points. Probably overall, they're a little bit undersized and a lot of the O-lines will play against. Uh, but Sam Donkin, you know, he definitely has that length, speed, um, and agility to, you know, disrupt some things. A couple other guys to mention. Um, Jackson Barker moved from inside yeah. linebacker to outside linebacker this year, so he'll be in that mix as well. And then you got two true freshmen, Kieran Davis and Demoris Jenkins. Demoris is built a lot like uh, Donka. He's like 6'5", 220. He just is, again, he's a true freshman. And he's very raw, but uh, you know, and I think Davis likely more going to play defensive end. He's a, he's actually the son of a former NFL first round pick Charles Grant. So, just this overall position group. We'll get into the questions here in a second, but I, I just look at this this group and like three deep from D tackle out to both edge spots. I feel good about Maceo, and like I feel yeah. like this is going to be the backbone of your defense. Yeah, definitely, hands down, they are the deepest. Um, you know, group. Um, in the in the at ECU football right now, and you know those guys have a lot of experience and a lot of time behind them, and I still think they have a lot of, a lot of time ahead of them as well. You know those guys still have multiple years of eligibility, um, so I don't think that there'll be any lag up front. They're all on the uh, the COVID plan. They got that extra yeah. year, so. <laughs> and they all got to play as true freshmen in COVID, yeah. almost as like a free year. So like mm -hmm. it at the time, I'm sure it was rough for some of those guys just being thrown mm -hmm. into the fire in the middle of a pandemic, but. Here they are. They're they're uh, they're they're grown men now. They grew from it. So, a lot to uh, expect from this group going forward. All right, Messio, we had a user on Hoist the Colors, and again, if you're listening, we got a couple comments on uh, from our fans who are tuned in, just saying, hey, um, we had a, a, a listener drop in seven questions for us. We'll see how quickly we can get through this. But if you're if you're tuned in live, you got a question, drop it here on YouTube or Facebook. We'll get to it. All right, Skiles32, he has a couple questions. We'll start with number one. He, he wants to know, how does Eric Doctor look in the defensive end group? Has he bulked up? Um, Macy, I, you know, I, I know you talked to some of your guys, and maybe they can give you a, a report on this as well. But I thought he looked noticeably bigger in the spring, yeah. and I, I think he's got a chance to crack that rotation, especially with Manny moving on. Your, your thoughts on Eric? Yeah, I definitely think he has a shot, you know, to get more, you know, time on the defensive end, not just special teams. But, you know, Eric Doctor is a big, strong, solid dude. Um, you know, I didn't think he was small to begin with, but Doctor is one of those guys back there on the punt shield every time that's, you know, standing up and making sure we don't get a punt block. Um, so, you know, Eric is a strong dude, um, very reliable, and I think the coaches trust him a lot. And I think, you know, behind Chad Stevens and some of those guys there, I think he could see some time this year. Doctor's another guy who came in with that 2020 class, mm -hmm. and it seems like that entire class is playing defensive line yeah. at times. But uh, yeah. I think, he, you know, guy who's been in the program, he's paid his dues. This is his year, I think, to play some defense. And, you know, I think he won, like, special teams player of the year 
last year at the banquet. So that was good to see. Um, Skiles also wants to know, is Josiah Robinson fully healthy? I don't know if he's been cleared yet, but I, I know he's on his way back. Macy, have you heard anything there as far as uh, Josiah Robinson? Yeah, I don't know if JR is, is fully cleared yet. Um, he's, he's definitely going to be playing this season for sure. I don't know if he's fully healed. You know, we still have a, you know, a month and a half or so to go for him. And I don't think anyone's expecting him to come back, you know, week one, just, you know, a hundred percent ready. You know, he still has to build up that workload again. And I think JR is going to be very special for us and very important for us as well. Um, Like I said, he was getting some playing time, you know, week one where he got hurt against NC state, who was, you know, supposed to be the the best team in the ACC um, last year. But I think he's going to be very important for our D line. I think, yeah, I, I, he was, like, doing some very, very limited work in the spring. Mm-hmm. So, I'd be surprised if he wasn't out there uh, for camp. And, again, we'll – you know, camp starts up in about a, a week and a half or two weeks. So, we'll yep. uh, we'll know more then. Um, all right. No, next question from Skiles. He said, what is the best pass rush combination? I guess he's asking, like, if we had to go the whole D-line, who would we throw out there? Um Based on the third down package, Maceo, it, it, I think it would be you got to have Jeremy out there. Jeremy you got to have, I think you you try to get Dank D- Donka. I always screw up his name. I'm just going to call him Sam. Yeah, Sam. Uh, you got to get Sam out there, um, and I think you got to get JD Lampley somewhere out there, yeah. and then maybe Elijah. That that's who I would pick. Any any yeah. different thoughts there? Yeah, I definitely think Jerm for sure. And I think if Sam puts it all together, um, Sam Donka, I think he's definitely going to be a guy that could help, you know, getting some pass rush and some hurries on the quarterback. Um, but as far as combination, I think any of those guys are very capable um, to do that. You know, like we said, we're pretty deep. So I honestly could close my eyes and kind of pick a couple of those guys, and I think they'll get the job done. Um, even Suad Ware, um, he's done very well in the past. And, you know, he's a little bit undersized, but very strong, um, very reliable for our defensive line as well. So I think any of, the, of those guys really can, you know, help in that area. I'm glad you mentioned Suad because there's been times he's flashed some, some big-time yeah. pass yeah. rush skills. So um, hopefully he can – you know, get some more consistent time this year. Same question, but run stopping combination. Um, you got to go with the beef here. So <laughs> I feel like uh, you got to, you got to go Deontay. Deontay. You got to get Shufit in there somewhere, right? If you're trying, like, <laughs> yeah. if this is goal line, like fourth and one or, or fourth and goal yeah. or fourth and inches. Um, you know, McIver can stop the run. Those are yes. kind of your three nose tackle guys. But, uh, you know, same type of deal. Like I feel like you can go any direction here almost. Yeah, definitely Deontay Johnson, definitely Shuford, and definitely Xavier McIver. Um, you also have Eli in there as well. So I think any of those guys, more so than the outside, I think definitely our interior D-line is you know the focus point. And like we said earlier at the beginning of the show, they ranked 19th in the country last year in pass and rush defense. Um, you know, so they're really, really good, have a lot of experience. And, you know, a lot of those guys are, you know, maybe a little bit shorter, but very, very strong and, and definitely can stop the run. Chad Stevens, another guy who's not yeah. big, but like just it seems like a bulldog on the edge. He's mm-hmm. always setting the edge, doing a really good job. So I think he's a good run stopper. And then Jeremy kind of underrated with his speed to kind of seal the edge as well. So uh, a lot of good combinations there. All right. How many will at least get 15% of the total snaps? Skiles wants to know. So last year, you had 11 guys that got. Uh, that percentage on the defensive front. I, I think you're looking at a similar number this year, Maceo. I would say anywhere from 10 to 12. Yeah. 
you know, I can count them off, really. Elijah Morris is one, Deontay two, Surad three, J.D. Lampley four, Jason Shuford five. I think MacGyver will play more this year. That's six. Stevens, one of the other defensive ends, that's eight. We know Lewis and Powers, that's ten on Mm -hmm. on their own. Uh, And that's without even including guys like Sam Sam Danka. Donka, damn it. Sam uh, (laughs) and – and Josiah. So, like, I feel like yeah. it'll be 10 to 12. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think definitely all the guys we mentioned, I mean, could could really do it. And, you know, we'll have a lot of guys who play, you know, again, 500 snaps. And we'll have a couple guys that get, you know, 100, 130, um, 150 snaps um, on the D-line. But, you know, like we said, they rotate a lot. Um, you almost see, you know, every third down where we're getting a whole new group in there. Um on third down. So I definitely see those guys playing a lot of snaps and, you know, I'm really, you know, my kind of X factor guy this year is Sam, honestly, um, like we spoke about him a lot, you know, in this show and, you know, he just has incredible upside. Um, He's so tall, athletic, long, he has that length. And I think he has that mentality and that physicality where he can, you know, really be a problem, whether it's run defense or even dropping out and, you know, maybe getting into that uh, flats area and getting some picks as well. I don't think he can catch, but I think he can mess some things up, maybe get some tips. Um, but I definitely think a lot of those guys will play. And, you know, uh, there's only honestly probably just a freshman who won't see is, you know, probably that 15 percent. I can't confirm that Danka. Gosh, I, I, I'm going to keep doing it. I can't confirm that Sam Donka did catch a ball did in catch the spring game. game. <laughs> he picked off uh, He picked off Mason Garcia in, in a similar play. I think it was a diving interception. Like yeah. he dropped into the flats and picked them off. So that was uh, – that's when it kind of clicked for me. Like, all right, this guy can cover. Because he came in as like a DB almost, mm-hmm. and he's just yeah. so big. He's now playing on the edge, which I always felt like he would grow into. Yeah, um, they, probably, they probably told him he was going to be a DB. Yeah, that's uh, 100%. Yeah. That, that's how we got him here. Yeah, yeah but, they, but they knew it was going to happen for sure. I say that's how they do it, man. That's how they get you guys. <laughs> um, all right. This is a good one for you, Maceo. Skiles wants to know who is the most difficult edge player that Maceo has had to chip or block in practice? Uh, if you ever had the chance to go up against some of these guys. Um, you know, not too much um on the You're edge. More inside linebackers, right? Yeah, m- most of the time some of the backers uh you know, rarely, you know, I got on Germ or, you know, some of the linebackers like Taylor Jackson, some of those guys. Um, but, you know, you mostly see like Germ and Jack on the outside. I mean, even Chad Stevens, but we don't really chip too much in practice. <laughs> you know, we're not trying to hurt anybody. Um, but, you know, definitely some of those edge guys. And even on the interior, I always used to didn't like it when one of those big guys like Xavier McIver or Deontay got uh, set loose. So, um, you know, all those guys, you know, it's, it's fun between us. But, you know, I'd probably say, you know, probably Jeremy Lewis or Chad Stevens on the edge. Yeah, I feel like just watching practice, consistent problem blocking yeah. Jeremy Lewis when he's healthy. Yeah. By the yeah. not not just for the skill guys, but the offensive tackles. Mm-hmm. So, like, I feel like he's probably your best pass rusher. Um, all right, and lastly from Skiles, which defensive tackle hits the hardest in tackling? Did you experience much? Uh, and again, they, you know, they don't do a ton of tackling. It's more the linebackers. But did you ever get smacked by one of the big guys in practice? Well, I would say Deontay got me one time um, a few springs back, and he kind of body slammed me. Uh, got, he kind of got loose and body slammed me. Is I probably have a video of it somewhere. Um, he did that but, against BYU or somebody. Right? Yeah, he kind of got me. He didn't slam me as hard, though. Uh, but he definitely got me. So, I mean, any of those guys, if you let them loose, you know, those are big, you know, 6'2", 6'3". 
you know, 300 pound guys. So any of them, if they touch you, it's going to hurt for sure. I don't think I'd want to run to Jason Shuford. Uh, I feel like oh, he would yeah. just like swallow me up and spit yeah. me out. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> He's a big dude. All right, this is a good question from Corey because you know we've talked about how good this oh this D line is, and uh, he asked, "How do we stand up to a Michigan offensive line?" I feel like this is our best unit, but do we look good when lined up against one of the NCAA's top teams? I think this is the biggest question going into the opener. And, you know, obviously we're a long ways away from the opener, but I've talked to a few Michigan guys, Maceo, and, you know, they have a passing game and they're obviously very good, but like they just run the ball. They That's the what ball, they do. Yeah. They're, they're a pro style team. They've got probably three to four NFL offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. Um, so this will be strength on strength. And to me, like ECU, the only way they have a chance to kind of, stop Michigan is to slow down the running game and they've got two NFL running backs Blake Corm coming back to lead that but they got another guy who's really good too so we won't really know till September 2nd but any idea on, on how ECU stands up to, to to what will be the best offensive front they face uh, all season yeah I mean uh, this was our best you know probably or not best but probably deepest position group we have coming back this year and um you know i think these guys are definitely ready for the challenge so i think you know that's what it is going to be a challenge and a test to see kind of where we line up um and i think you know we're probably going to see the best offensive line we'll see all year which could be a good thing for us you know follow having you know many many more games getting into conference and even some of those non-conference games app and marshall um so that would definitely be the the best o-line we'll probably see hands down um, you know, I don't know how well we'll match up against them, but I, I know those guys, you know, Deontay, Eli, I know those guys are going to be ready to go, um, and they're not just going to roll over for sure. Yeah, I, the last thing I would expect is this team to be scared of going yeah. up against Michigan. Like, I, I, ECU teams in the past have kind of risen to the occasion, risen to the talent level yeah. they're playing, and, you know, I have a feeling with this defensive front, they're going to, they're going to do their best to do that as well. And, and look, this is going to be a major challenge, but I don't think they'll be scared. And uh, the best comp I would have is uh, is maybe the BYU game last year because BYU. I walked down on the field pregame, man. Those that was boys. the biggest damn offensive line I've ever seen. Like those yeah. dudes were huge, and and they ran the ball pretty good. I don't even know if Michigan will be as big as BYU, but it'll be similar. Yeah. Um, and they did. I you know talked to some coaches after that game. I think BYU had not like ran the ball out of the pistol all year and they came out in the pistol just running left and right. So, you know, maybe that has something to do with it, but they you know, they kind of leaned on ECU a little bit last year in the run game. So that'll be a good maybe tape to watch to compare with, but you're going to get smash mouth football on September 2nd. Yep, ECU's got to sure. find a way to slow it down. Um, all right, Maceo favorite defensive lineman in ECU history, can you pick uh, among this group or, or any other standout, uh, or is it such a collection of uh, individuals it's hard to, to pick one or the other? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely hard to, you know, pick from D-line. Um, you know, I have a lot of love for all those guys that are there and, you know, kind of being a, one of the older guys, just trying to help them out, even, you know, if it's not my position group. But, you know, I, I have I was in the back row in the locker room um, with, you know, Noah Henderson, Jairo Wilson, Demel Hickman. Um, and even we had Sam Donka, Deontay, Xavier, Taylor Jackson. So I had a, a lot of relationships with those guys. So I definitely say Deontay and Zay are, um, you know, those are my guys and I like them. They always made me laugh. I was joking a lot. Um, so I'm definitely excited to see those guys. So if I just had to pick two off the top, I'd definitely say uh, my sons, Xavier McIver and uh, Deontay. 
Um, but definitely Eli, Surad, all those guys, you know, I love all those guys and even some of the previous guys we've had um, on the D-line um, are great guys. So I can't really just pick one. Yeah, I, I, I'm quickly becoming a fan of many of those guys as well, especially Deontay. Uh, he's yeah. impressed me this spring. Uh, we got a couple fan submissions. Chuck says Rod Coleman, who, by the way, is, is going to be inducted into the ECU Hall of Fame this this uh, this fall, which is well-deserved. He was a longtime NFL vet, played in the late 90s. Great, great talent. Corey Tripp says the Swamp Monster, Terry Williams. I don't know if he was before uh, you started watching ECU a lot, but he was number fifty-four. He played under Ruff. He, uh, I think he was listed at six foot, but he was legit, probably five eleven, three fifty. I mean, he was huge, and nobody could block him. I think it was Frank Beamer who said after one game that basically number fifty-four is the the most disruptive defensive lineman we've ever gone against because he was so low, his center of gravity was so low, nobody could block him. So. Terry Williams was a beast. I'd have to go with C.J. Wilson, um, who is a former uh, NFL lineman. Y'all may have his picture up in the, yeah, the team we, area. Yeah, I think we do. Yeah, so he, he's an Eastern North Carolina guy. Played at Northside High School from Bellhaven. Uh, was a seventh-round pick of the Packers, but played from 2010 through 2016. Won a Super Bowl with wow. the Packers. 123 tackles. And had one of the best plays in ECU history when he – they're playing Southern Miss, Conference USA East Division title on the line. Southern Miss was about to tie it, I believe, and he blocked the kick, ran it back for two wow. inside Daddy Ficken Stadium. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. um, and Corey says, C.J. Wilson, Limble, Joseph combo. Yeah, tough Good to beat that. They had four NFL defensive linemen on the Conference USA Championship yeah. teams. It was, uh, it was something else. But I tell you what, this is the best D-line they've had since then. So your, your boys mm-hmm. are doing something right, Messio. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Still got some time to go with them, too, I hope. No doubt, no doubt. Well, uh, hey, we went 40-plus uh, minutes talking D-line. It was easier than O-line, but yeah, <laughs> we're uh, we're well on our way, man. We only got two more position previews left. I've already decided. I've made the executive decision. I'm not doing a special teams podcast preview. So Yeah, sorry, Coach Doust. Yeah, I'm sure. Hey, <laughs> he got his time today. We talked about the, uh, the D-ins and outside yeah. linebackers, so – um, but I, you know, honestly, I think every position at this point is an open competition with special teams. So, like, mm-hmm. we could just talk about kickers and punters and yeah. long snappers and holders. But maybe we can just do a five minute segment in our in our defensive back preview. Yeah. I don't know. We'll but see. either way, we'll see. I'm not doing a whole podcast on special <laughs> teams. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, Maceo, this was uh, this was fun. And um, linebackers are next. And going to have a lot of a uh, lot of experienced shoes to fill there and you know early preview of the linebackers i know they'll be you know we're, we're obviously losing next miles berry chance bates maybe i think jacoby simpson even moved on so like there's a lot of guys who have to step up a linebacker yeah, yeah definitely uh i know taylor jackson my guy there he's ready to go um he's been kind of waiting his turn these last few years so i think he's gonna have a big breakout year yeah we'll get it we'll get into the linebackers next week maceo but um good stuff man appreciate your time as always we continue to to march forward towards preseason camp the real question is are you going to be out there watching practice at all are you going to try and sneak out there as a media member i might try to get out there <laughs> i hope hey, you do it man but you soon lets me get out there and everything and see the guys uh but it'll be all love when i see him and hopefully i can get out there a couple times uh it's gonna be hot 
So I don't know how much they're going to have me out there. <laughs> it is. Uh, yeah, man. I'll tell you what. It's I, I enjoy covering camp. And luckily, we're limited to to what we can see so that we don't have to sweat too much. But I don't know how y'all do it, man. It is brutal. And yeah. Like some of those days are just not only the heat, but just the overall humidity. It's just yeah. terrible. But uh, we'll talk about camp next week as well. We'll get into that discussion along with the linebackers because really only two positions – unless we include the Sam linebacker, which is more of a secondary hybrid position. But we'll talk about that when we get to it. All right, Maceo, this was fun, man. Thanks for your time on today's program. Yep, appreciate it. All right, that's Maceo Donald. I'm Stephen Igo. Appreciate everybody for the questions and comments. We'll be back sometime next week. We'll let you know, as always, what our schedule is. And then, of course, we'll have our basketball latest podcast uh, with Kaysen next week as well. Thank you guys for listening to the Hoist of Colors podcast. We'll talk to you next week. See ya. Let's go! It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.